are Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Predators podcast. Justin Bradford, Matt Best, a wasted opportunity by the Nashville Predators after a phenomenal performance from goaltender Yusuf Saros in two games against Florida Panthers. They split the series, but in two games, he faced 88 shots and only allowed two goals. Yes, the 2-0, there's an empty netter. It's not go against Yusuf Saros in terms of what we're talking about here, but only two goals and 88 shots, Matt, and a wasted opportunity by the Predators. Uh, Florida just shut them down, and they couldn't even get out of their own zone at multiple times. Yeah, I mean, I said it in the last show. I wanted to see more from Saros. I wanted to see it again. He uh, he did it. He did it again for me. <laughs> and it's more, it's putting me on the track of being a Saros believer again. We still have a long way to go, but it's it's good to see two great games in a row, especially against a team like the Florida Panthers, where a lot of their shots were shots where you were just holding onto the edge of your chair going, that's going in. And then there's a save and you're like, okay, this is good. We'd <laughs> like this. Um, yeah. What a letdown, just a complete letdown when one player has such a phenomenal game. And then the rest of the team's like, yeah, we'll show up later. And they just never did. And you look at the heat map, too, like you said, where the shots were coming from before. Florida, a very dangerous team, as we could see. I mean, they had shorthanded breakaway opportunities. They had multiple odd man rushes. And Saros was up to task on pretty much everything. And, and you could definitely see that. And you, you could tell there was some frustration from John Hines. I don't have the, the audio yet to be able to play here. But some frustration with his team because, yeah, it was a wasted opportunity to – get a win. I mean, they were only down one, nothing. The two, nothing was just because of the empty net goal. So it was a one goal game and they had power play opportunities. And a few of those they had, but they just could not get out of their own zone. And he, cause he talked about execution. And then when it finally came to my question, I asked him, what would you want to have seen them done better to execute, to not waste an opportunity like this, that Saros gave you. And he started rattling off a bunch of things, man. I mean, it was neutral zone. It was getting through the neutral zone and actually getting in the zone to establish some offensive zone time. It was getting out of the defensive zone because I framed it and asking about offensively, what could they have done better? He's like, we couldn't even get to the offensive part. We need to look back at defense. <laughs> so he's like, that's not even blame the offense. We have to look back at just getting the puck out of our own zone first. And that was the issue. They, they Florida was obviously very, very good and strong on the puck, but the Predators just could not get anything going. You could see it the entire game. I mean, after the first period, over 20 shots that the Panthers had, they're there. it's one thing if you have a little bit of lopsided, but to allow that many shots, it means that the possession is just completely lopsided, and it's just your goaltender hanging on for dear life and keeping you in this game by all means. It was a tale of two different teams. Like you got to watch a really, really good breakout, really good progression through the neutral zone from the Panthers. And then you got to see the Predators enter holy shit mode as soon as they got the puck in their own end and started their own breakout. It feels as if the only sustained pressure in this game was when they somehow won an offensive zone faceoff and it was like, cool, we have possession now. Let's flounder it. Um, this is one of the worst games for the Preds offense. I think it's fair to say that just in terms of a puck possession, B overall chances and C just looking good. Like the, just a flat out eye test. Mm -hmm. It wasn't good to see defensively. Same thing. Wasn't great at all. All eyes are on Saros in this game. Like we talked about it a few episodes ago where we don't necessarily want to break down every single game because we're going to see a lot of this this year, but I think it's well-deserved to break down how well Saros played. Absolutely. And so, this game, I, I tweeted out, and I was, was pretty proud of this because I think anyone who's ever played a recreational sport, not just hockey, oh, but a recreational that. sport that has multiple levels depending on your skill, 
this game reminded me of when you're playing a team full of ringers that are playing two leagues down, two levels down. And the only reason it's closed because your goaltender is playing lights out in the grease. That's exactly what it looked like because it was just a mess on the predator's end. And you have your goaltender just say, okay, guys, I'm trying to make it close to even here, but we're just playing a much better team. If you could just do something, please to help me out. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. I've played in those games. Everyone's kind of played beer league, especially has played in those games. And you're playing a team that is just absolutely tremendously better because they have four or five guys that if you're in D league, they're from B or something like that, that they played all the way through at least college. <laughs> and you're, you're a guy that started out playing in your thirties and you're fat and you can't handle it. Hey, that's, that's, but we have a ring fit support group now. We do have a ring fit support group, but that's what it reminded me of that. The, the, it, it showed the skill level was a tremendous difference in this, in this game. And that's okay. because you have a lot of young guys playing and some young guys made mistakes, obviously. And hopefully Tolvanen is totally okay after that block shot in the first period. Cause Holy hell it looked like that hurt, but yeah, cried. that's just what it was. Florida's just overall a better team. And we'll talk about in, we'll talk about that in the next segment too, Matt. Yeah. It's uh you got to see what the Panthers are all about. The Panthers don't do really that well after, or they do phenomenal after losing a game. They don't take losing well is what I was trying to say there. <laughs> um, the Panthers were, I didn't bet on this game. I've actually stayed away from betting the Preds or against the Preds lately. I've started to bet them plus one and a half instead of uh, the other way around, but I just didn't touch this one. Um, just a weird feeling with Saros. And all I can say is, you did well, and he heard me, and that's what I'm accrediting his win to is that he just heard me on he lockdown did. Preds. He he made <laughs> right. He made some lights out saves, and he went airborne a couple times. I mean, he was showing ex- extreme athleticism in this game, and being able to go east to west very quickly. His movement between east to west movement was fantastic in this, and tracking it as well. I mean, some of the cross ice passes the Panthers are putting on him to set up one timer opportunities, and he was able to get his glove over and make some great saves. So major props to Yusuf Saros. I know we question it a little bit, but we can't avoid the fact that he had two fantastic games in a row, and one of those games was squandered by the the team in front of him, the skaters in front of him, to not give him a couple goals to work with because he kept single-handedly kept his team in the game. Okay, up next, let's talk about the Florida Panthers against the Predators, and they're just that much better. What makes the Panthers that much better than the Predators in this game? I know there's some duh answers and responses to that, but let's just take a brief look at that before we talk about the rest of the road trip. Up next on Locked the Predators Podcast, I'm just a rap piece, Matt Best. Talked about that's blah, 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 blah. I talked about in that segment about where I'm betting and how I'm betting, but you need to go to betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Unfortunately, they can't help me speak English properly. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Look at me. I can get sentences together. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. The best part about it is it's so easy to use. There's nothing confusing about it. You click on something, your ticket builds on the right-hand side, and then you can see how much your ticket multiplies when you start adding legs to the parlays or if you're just playing singles. Very simple to use, very beginner-friendly, and I think that's one of the biggest things that Bet Online does well is just makes it accessible to everyone and anyone. Uh, you head over to the website or use your mobile device. I feel like an old person saying mobile device. Use your phone to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Basically, you put in 100 bucks, you're going to give you $50 to bet with for free just for signing up. Bet online, your online sportsbooks experts. Promo code locked on L O C K E D O N. That is locked on L O C K E D O N. Welcome back to the Locked on Predators podcast. Justin Bradford, Matt Best. So the Florida Panthers absolutely were dominant against the natural predators. And I mean, 
it's it's a game again that the natural predators were saved by use of Saros to at least keep them in this game because it could have been much worse if it just would have been off day it could have been way worse and we look at the previous game the, the win against Florida as well as use stepped up big time to keep his team in the game well, the Florida Panthers are near the top of the league for for a reason in terms of the way they're performing I mean we look at the stats there and Jonathan Huberdeau Alexander Barkov and Patrick Hornquist Two of them are over a point-per-game player. One of them is near a point-per-game player in Patrick Hornquist. And talk about a resurgence in Patrick Hornquist and what he's feeling down in Florida and doing his job. He's getting under the skin of the opponent. We're seeing that plenty of times. And it makes Preds fans kind of go, oh, I remember those days. (laughs) (laughs) It's what what, what I'm seeing on there. But Hirado and Barkov are just forces to be absolutely reckoned with uh, when it comes to this team. And then you have Aaron Ekblad as a defenseman. 20 points in 29 games. So they have a lot of players contributing for the Florida Panthers. And that's what's scary about them is that it doesn't, it's not like one player is carrying them right now. They are a team putting it together. And obviously head coaching has a lot to do with that too. But overall, I think Panthers fans that are dedicated Panthers fans have just been waiting for this to happen, for things to click in the right way with all the youth they've had and have been able to draft over the years, Matt. Yeah, Barkov is uh, quite possibly the most underrated player in the NHL. I think he deserves to be in the Hart Trophy conversation. Uh, the season he's having, just because he plays for the Florida Panthers, and if you're pretty much not watching games that your team plays against and you're not a Florida Panthers fan, you don't know what Barkov is doing. He's been phenomenal. This has been his – I wish this was an 82 games uh, season because I would love to see what he could do across full 82. And when there's Barkov, there's Huberto. And there's like, it's a one, two punch and it's one of the most lethal in the league and people often don't talk about it. Um, you were talking about Aaron Ekblad and we were talking about the Hart trophy just then Ekblad deserves some uh, Norris trophy consideration this season. This is the Aaron Ekblad that people around his draft year were like, this is what this guy can do. This is exactly what we're looking for. And I feel like people are sleeping on Ekblad to the point where they think Ekblad is some 30 year old low thirties guy and where he's still just 25 years old. I mean, he's played every season since he's been drafted. He's been a phenomenal talent. And it's it's good to see him just being successful on a good team for once. His shooting percentage is higher than most years by about 4%, 4 to 5%. But I don't think that's fluky. I think that's just him maturing and not shooting as much, but shooting more accurately. So uh, this this team is phenomenal. And to me... I don't think they need to go out and make a big trade deadline acquisition. I think they just need to bank on Anthony Duclair trying to find his own game. And an empty net goal goes a long way. Kind of just toss the monkey off your back, feel better about yourself, and just start scoring goals. Because if Duclair can start being that top six forward that they envisioned, uh, that's their trade deadline acquisition. This team is, they're fun. It's a very fun team that just came together through a lot of circumstances too. I mean, Carter Verhage, a guy who was buried in Tampa, just comes over to Florida and goes, Hey, what's up? I can score goals, by the way. And it's just, <laughs> man, this team, they're fun. I, I like watching the Panthers play. I mean, both the Florida teams are fun. Oh, to yeah. Watch there's that other team. That starts yeah. Tampa Bay Lightning. It's yeah. crazy. Both the Florida teams are in the Preds division this year. And, and I kind of wanted to bring this up, too, because it shows, I want to say, a little patience. But it also shows, too, when you can invest a little bit in your youth and bring them up and also bank on a great talent like Alexander Barkov. But what can happen is you what all the right things come together at the right time, which is you get Quenville in there, 
you get some of the youth, you get some veterans in there as well that can still produce. I mean, Patrick Hornquist is definitely a wily vet, and there's no doubt that he's a vocal leader <laughs> in that locker room, just mm-hmm. given his his past, his his rep uh, when it comes to that. But I'm saying this for what the Predators could be as well when you have some youth leading the way instead of a bunch of old guys. When I say a bunch of old guys, that's guys over 30 in, in the National Hockey League. It, you need to have your youth empowering the team and leading the way and that's how you're going to be successful. And that's what makes for exciting hockey, too. I don't think Preds fans, and especially people outside of a Nashville fan base, have called the Nashville Predators exciting to watch that often in their entire two decades plus history. I, and I'm, I'm saying that as a, as a realist, that no one is really, they're a really fun team to watch. No, the experience is fun at Bridgestone Arena. They've won plenty of games at times, they've had some really great seasons. But in terms of the style of play that the Predators have instituted over their history through multiple coaches now, they haven't been deemed as fun. There's fun players. Like, Philip Forsberg is a fun player to watch. Roman Yossi is a fun player to watch, especially in his prime. Pecorini was a fun player to watch. But as teams go, when you look at the national viewpoint of this, or international to bring all of North America into this, and the international viewpoint, there are certain teams out there that just get deemed as fun to watch and Florida right now is fun to watch. Tampa Bay has been fun to watch. Yeah. Nashville does not fit in that caliber right now. No, right now they don't, but back in their run it back early days of the run it back era and going <laughs> on that cup run, right. predators were fun to watch. They were the talk of the town. They were the talk of the town up here. And this is all genuinely just Canadian hockey all the time here in Canada, unless you're able to just stick your nose out and look elsewhere. But the Preds <laughs> dominated storylines. It was just feel-good stories all around. And now it's just like, oh, yeah, the Preds. That's like the national tone with the Preds right now. Whereas you can look around the league, and like you said, Tampa's so fun to watch. Florida's so fun to watch. You keep going. The Leafs are fun to watch just because they are – so volatile and one of the worst teams right now over the last seven games um i don't feel bad about that at all but you, you look around the league too and it's each team for the most part has like a polarizing player or a bona fide player who goes out and makes highlight reel plays all the time when yossi's in the lineup yeah he's a force he's an absolute force but philip forsberg isn't making highlight reel plays that show up on your saturday morning espn watch a sports center when you're watching cartoons at the same time and having fruity pebbles like, there's no one on the team that makes these eye-popping plays. But Tolvanen could change that. And I'm not saying he's going to be a superstar. I'm just saying the fact that he's able to have that OV or Stamkos wheel zone and hammer those one-timers, if he comes up with, like, that as a signature thing, then, yeah, the Preds start to have a couple players that are really fun to watch from the outside looking in. And it's not like you said, it's not like we're trying to say that Forsberg's boring or that Yossi's boring or anything like that. We're just saying that that's been the flavor of the month for the last how many years? It's like it's time for a right. bit of a change here, and guys like Tomasino can bring that. Guys yeah. like Tolvanen can bring that, and that just ties into our season-long mantra of youth, please. And it, and it rings true a little bit, too, because there's been some games where the youth are really contributing, and like that was fun. And I see that you can tell – we're just I'm just basing that on what I see in the groups, what I see on Twitter and everything, too, where, yeah, they may be losing a game, but people have said – you know what, you may have lost, but that was pretty fun. It was fun to see some of these guys getting involved in things. That's what makes it fun is the youth and getting opportunities, and it's not the same boring stuff that people yeah. see. It's get, youth getting an opportunity and learning from it and taking hold of it and just taking a game by the reins. Like Jeremy Davies, when he's just taking the puck in the offensive zone and wheeling and dealing, that's been fun to watch. 
you're seeing, you're seeing something new. Time. Yeah, you're seeing something new and fresh out there and what he's able to do and what he could be capable of. Because I think overall, a lot of people will see that, oh, there's potential there. And that could be really fun in a couple of years. So that's why I wanted to bring up that talking point uh, more than anything else of, of being fun to watch and, and the way we look at teams in general. And in a couple of years, this team could be really fun to watch uh, given the, the players and the talent pool. And some of them that are already there right now, especially when they really find their stride, like an Ellie Tolvanen uh, potentially. So up next, one game left on the longest road trip in franchise history for the National Predators. Uh, the eighth game will be played against Dallas to, to wrap it up before they come back home to face Detroit. So let's talk about that up next on the Locked Predators podcast. He's Matt Best. I'm Justin Bradford. And it's time for one of the most fun ad reads I think we do on this program. And it's when we go look over at Bilt Bar and they tell us net, next matchup on 0322. So instead of going with the matchups that are there, we're going to predict some because we love curveballs here. Last one we had was salted caramel <laughs> and cookie dough chunk, right? Uh, yes, I believe so. So cookie dough chunk moves on. You were right because I'm just tainted with cookie dough chunk and I have no interest in it. So cookie dough chunk is going to face up against either coconut or white chocolate birthday cake. Uh, we'll do rapid fire. You take this one. Who wins? Uh, white chocolate birthday cake. All right. And then the other side of the bracket, we have coconut brownie chunk going up against lemon almond cheesecake. I'll take this one. Lemon almond cheesecake moves on there. I think um, then we'll predict some of the enticing eight cookies and cream against coconut almond, coconut almond. Oh, over an OG flavor of cookies and cream. I'll take cookies and cream on this one. Uh, mint brownie goes up against coconut puff in the enticing eight on the east side of the bracket. Yeah, I'm going to go with mint brownie on this one. Yeah, I think mint brownie is the way to go. I don't think enough people have tried these puffs from Built yeah. Bar. And if you haven't, go ahead and go do so at BuiltBar.com. Justin, what, how has Built Bar been incorporated into your daily routine lately? Oh, man, just because I've been on, on a healthy kick here, too, to try to lose weight, which I have been. It's been a great breakfast supplement and actually a replacement for me because I'm having a built bar uh, as a late breakfast because I'm a later riser. So it's a nice kind of snack in between. If you're an early riser, you know, have a breakfast, have a built bar at like 10, 1030, and you have your lunch at 12, 1230. But it's usually around 150 calories or less, lots of protein. Some of them have up to 17 grams of protein as well. Great flavor, no weird aftertaste, and a multitude of flavors to choose from. What I highly recommend, getting that mixed box. Because when you get that, you're not going to get bored of one flavor unless you have the budget to buy a bunch of boxes, a bunch of different flavors. But when you get a mixed box, you're going to get a bunch of different flavors, 18 different bars to try. And that's the way to do it because you're having something different every single day to keep you motivated. And that's what I do. It is not bad for you whatsoever. It's highly supportive. It's not. It's low on calories, not high on sugars or carbs. Perfect in terms of fat, but high on protein to help keep you full. So make sure you use promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 at BuiltBar.com. You're going to save 15% off your order. And hey, when you order, oftentimes they're giving you free stuff to include with your order. So you want to go and do that. That's LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. Save 15% off your order. And welcome back to the Locked on Predators podcast. Natural Predators are three three and one in this road trip. And to be honest, Matt, I thought it was going to be worse at this point in terms of the record, I, but with potential that they had going in this whew, gauntlet of a schedule where they face Carolina twice, Tampa twice and Florida twice, as well as Dallas twice. I thought it could have been worse, but three, three and one, that one overtime loss coming to Carolina back on the ninth. And they had an, a shootout win against Dallas to kick off the road trip. 
um, a loss to Tampa, a, a loss to Florida, a win against Tampa, and a win against Florida. So it's it's a curious, curious way to go about this. They, they could finish this with a, a 500 record, depending on what happens in Dallas, if they lose in their shootout, or they could finish a winning record or a losing record. It could go either way. But overall, 3-3-1, three, three and one, Matt, would you call this road trip a success, a failure, or a, huh, I'm just kind of pleasantly surprised right now? I'd call it they survived. I think okay. that's the right way to look at it for myself, actually, is just because I, I don't want to lump it as a whole road trip. I want to include the first three games that were home games, too. Fair. And fair, fair. We, our narrative was, let's look at the month of March as a gauntlet. Right. And at the end of the day, when we talked, I think it was after the Carolina Hurricanes uh, the game on the second, I think one on the third, when we were doing that episode, I said that I could only see them winning one game on this road trip coming up or one game out of all the rest for, until they reach the second half of March. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad I'm wrong. I'm glad that we got to see some positives from this team. So yeah, I guess I'm a little pleasantly surprised, but I'd also like to call it. They survived because let's not forget about the ass whooping to Carolina. Let's not forget about the ass whooping to Tampa. Let's not forget about those things, but let's also not forget about UC Saro standing on his head. But then on the flip side, let's also not forget about running Pecorine into the ground. Let's not forget about Eli or Ellie Tolvanen just coming out onto center stage and being like, look guys, I can play hockey. Give me more ice time. There's a lot of positives to take away from this team through this road trip that make me pleasantly surprised, but there's a lot that still needs to be worked on ice time to certain guys playing time as a whole, just getting into games for certain guys. It's a big work in progress, but I'm excited to see how they handle what I think will be the easier part of this gauntlet with a couple games against Detroit, Chicago's kind of reeling and Dallas is starting to reel as well. So it'll be interesting. Uh, I think we should do some predictions for the final few games here. Okay. I'm totally game for that. We've got four, five, six games with Dallas twice, Detroit twice, Chicago twice. This is tough for me. Um, you're the king of adding overtime losses and shootout losses into the record. So I'll let you go first while I think about this. And I'll just like to point out, was were there overtime games in this road trip? <laughs> yeah, there was two. You, okay, you, you okay. I just don't like predicting that far. If you like doing stuff like that, go to betonline.ag. <laughs> No, but the reason why is because it's it's an actual stat that happens in a game. A game, a game could finish in a shootout or an overtime. So why not toss it in there, right? No, I agree. I agree with you, and it just shows that you <laughs> think that games are going to be closer. This, um, I just think mathematically because this team is so Jekyll and Hyde sometimes that that was my reasoning for it because they really could be Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, look at their win against Tampa. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and then look at their effort tonight. Or right. yesterday, or whenever you're listening to this, right? Or or look at their first game against Tampa, which it wasn't awful, but they just got completely peppered and dominated. So two against Dallas, two against Detroit, two against Chicago. I'm gonna go with. Hmm, let's see. Three, three, two, and one. <laughs> Sounds like you're teaching me how to count three, two, and one. You're giving them a winning record. Um, based on the, the teams they're facing. Yes. Uh, two and four, just flat two and four, two and four. So who are the two wins? One against Detroit for sure. Okay. I don't want to be cheap and say both against Detroit. Cause I do think Detroit sneaks one. Um, Detroit sneaks one against everybody. <laughs> yeah. It's just, that's their mantra. Yep. Um, the second game against Dallas. Okay. Other than that, I think it'll be 
I, I kind of want to say two, three, and one, just like Did to be cheeky like it? you. It's nah, although I'm gonna cheeky. no, I'm gonna do two and four. I'm gonna do two and four. How was it cheeky? They've had multiple overtime games in this season, so how was it cheeky? I know, I, I know, I know, but I just I, I want to go two and four. Okay, okay, but you're calling me cheeky because I'm picking an overtime. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good cheeky. It is cheeky. Uh huh. Thanks, thanks. No, I it's think it's not bad cheeky. It's no, like. I, <laughs> Well, think about this. Ours could e- are, are very similar because mine could easily be similar to yours, just based on one thing flipping. Mm-hmm. So, what uh, what game do you see being the uh, overtime loss? Overtime loss, I see it being a Chicago. Okay, I, I like that. I like that. Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, three, two, one, and two and four. Three, two, one, and two and four. Yeah, okay. That's that's what I got here. Fans, what do you think? Yeah, just, let us know. Uh, Tweet let us. us. Know. It's, uh, I mean, they, like Matt said, they survived the, the majority of the gauntlet overall. And I'd say it gets easier, but they survived the gauntlet. Not to say that they still shouldn't be sellers at the deadline coming up, but it shows that they should at least be sellers in the mindset of get rid of some veterans to keep the youth in and keep rolling more youth in. Because if you're able to at least be competitive with them, then why the hell not? Yeah, Just no. Roll with that. <laughs> that's a much smarter decision and at least it prepares you better for the future more than anything else no i couldn't agree more the looking at the standings now it's just hard for me to go against dallas because i think dallas is in kind of a nut up and shut up kind of mode mm-hmm. where they have 25 games play or they have 26 games played the preds are above them at 31 and they got to start getting these points yeah they do. so I think Dallas has to start playing not inspired hockey. And it's easy for us to say that on the outside looking in when we don't have a Dallas stars scope because we're locked on Preds and not locked on stars. But uh, I I just think Dallas's offense is being slept on still. So it'll be interesting, especially after the defensive effort tonight by the Preds, it'll be interesting to see how this team responds to another offensively heavy team. It will. All right, folks will tweet at us and make sure you enter our contests. Matt, what's your contest again? I'm giving away $25. I promise this will be the shortest read for this contest ever. I'm going to PayPal you 25 American dollars. All you need to do is go on to Apple Podcasts, find our uh, podcast, Locked On Predators. Uh, you're going to leave us a five-star review. You're going to write your Twitter name or your email in there and say something nice. Tell us about like your favorite segment, your favorite episode that you've listened to, uh, which takes you hate, and then tell us why. Or just leave us constructive criticism. We'll take any of that. But yeah, just five stars, review, leave your Twitter handle. I automatically enter you. You DM me or you send, you tweet at me that you did it and you're in. There we go. And the other giveaway is a tagged post on our Twitter, LO underscore Predators. And that is a PK Subban home Predators jersey, size 52, a Ryan Ellis Milwaukee Admirals bobblehead, a beanie slash toque. And a license plate frame. So make sure you enter that. That is closing up very soon. You get you get entries by subscribing to us or following us, and especially using the code word beard. The code word is beard. Something you shaved off. B e a r d. Yes. Well, no, I just trimmed my hair. That's all I did. It's still oh, there. Oh, so a shadow. cute. It's a shadow. How often Thank do you get you. a haircut? I, I get a haircut like every five weeks. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I get mine like whenever whenever literally whenever yeah okay okay shakira <laughs> whatever wherever end this podcast so i can stop singing all right folks thanks for tuning in appreciate it